Sometimes you inherit a kingdom and there are things you have to remove before you can have the foundation correct for that kingdom. One of the early acts done by Solomon when he was made king of Israel was to kill Joab, the captain of David's army. Joab had shed innocent blood out of his own desire to avenge his dead brother. Abner, the captain of Saul's army, tried to get Joab's brother to quit following him in one of the battles. But the brother would not do this, and he continued with his plan to kill Abner. So Abner killed this brother. Later, Joab is going to try to kill Abner and does kill Abner. But it was not of David. It was of Joab, and the blood of Abner is on Joab, not on David. Second Samuel chapter 2. And there were three sons of Zariah there, Joab, Abashi, and Ashel. And Ashel was light of foot as a wild roe, meaning he could run very fast. So he ran toward the area where the army of Abner was. At that time, the men of David fought against the tribes of Israel, which were being ruled by Saul. Verse 19, And Ashel pursued after Abner, and in going, he turned not to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. He just went straight toward Abner because he wanted to kill him. Abner was the captain of the army of Saul who was fighting David. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Art thou a shell? And he answered, I am. And Abner said to him, Turn thee aside to the right hand or the left and lay hold on one of the young men and take his armor. But Ashel would not turn aside from following of Abner. And again Abner said to Ashel, Turn thee aside from following me. Wherefore should I smite thee to the ground? How then should I hold up my face to Joab, your brother? Howbeit he refused to turn aside. He tried to get him to turn aside twice. He tried to get Joab's brother to leave him alone, to turn aside, to go elsewhere. But he wouldn't do it. Wherefore Abner with the hinder end of the spear smote him under the fifth rib that the spear came out behind him and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass that as many as came to the place where Ashel fell down and died stood still. Then Abner called out to Joab and got the battle to cease. Abner said to Joab, Shall the sword devour forever? Knowest thou not that it will be bitterness in the latter end? So Joab blew a trumpet, and all the people stood still and pursued after Israel no more. Neither fought they any more. So that battle ended. But 
Here is Joab's brother, who is dead, killed by Abner. And Joab takes on bitterness and vengeance in his heart and waits until the opportunity comes for him to kill Abner. Second Samuel 3 Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Saul is finally killed by the Philistines, but Abner continues in the army of Saul as captain. And Abner tries to make one of Saul's sons king over Israel. But then later Abner turns to David and pledges to follow David and help David and to bring all the people of Israel to David where they're united. 2 Samuel 3, verse 17, And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, Ye sought for David in times past to be king over you. Now do it. For the Lord hath spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of all their enemies. So Abner goes about to bring all of the people of Israel who have followed Saul to David, for David to be king. So Abner came to David to Hebron, and twenty men with him, and David made Abner and his men that were with him a feast. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go, and will gather all of Israel unto you, the king, that they may make a league with you, and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desireth. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace, because that was what he was going to do. Joab, David's captain, hates Abner, and he follows in secret to kill Abner. David does not know that Joab is doing this. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. And Joab smote Abner there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Ashel, his brother. And afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner. It wasn't my intention to kill Abner. I didn't even know anything about it, David is saying. Let it rest on the head of Joab and all his father's house. So Joab and his brother Abishai slew Abner because he had slain their brother Eshel at Gibeon in the battle. David mourned the death of Abner in front of all the people of Israel. So the people knew this was not David's plan to kill Abner. And that united all the tribes of Israel because 
David showed it was not in his heart to kill Abner. But Joab is the one who killed Abner for revenge, and the blood of Abner was on the head of Joab and his family. In God's wisdom, Solomon kills Joab. This removes innocent blood from his kingdom. He killed Joab because Joab left his father David and went into the rebellion with his brother who had declared himself king over Solomon. It was not Solomon's goal to please men. Most of the time when human beings become a leader, they want to get a following and they want to please men. But Solomon was appointed by God. Therefore, his goal was to please God and do the right thing. Not only that, God had given Solomon great wisdom to operate as king. So even though he may not have known all the details of the thing that he was doing, he knew to kill Joab. That was going to free his kingdom from the blood of other men. And sure enough, he lived a kingdom in peace and in the wisdom of God. You can't build upon evil, but must put away the evil that came before you. None of us can build upon evil. You won't have a kingdom established by evil. Your house won't be established by evil. And that evil has to be put away, and eventually God will remove the evil from you when you are called by him. One by one, those people that were once in your association will either be put away by you, or God will somehow cause them to depart. It won't all happen at one time. He says he won't do that lest the beast of the field devour you. It'd be too much for us. But one by one, they go from us. I've certainly seen it. We who are called of God continue in that calling, doing what God shows us to do. In my case, it was radio. And then later, when Internet came along, blog and podcast, working as an apostle and prophet in those areas. But I've seen so many people come and go over the 40-some-odd years that I've been doing this. Now, we are told by the Apostle John that they'll come among us, and then they'll leave us. And by that, we'll know they weren't all of God. That is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. But they will come among us for a season and then they'll depart from us or we'll have to put them out because of various sins that we see them doing. That's described for us in 1 Corinthians 5. Your glorying is not good, says Paul. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth a whole lump? There was a man that had come among them as a Christian and he was committing fornication. And Paul is saying, 
you're puffed up about it, thinking you're better than he is. But know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? You're glorying in your puffed up. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now, obviously, we don't kill them physically like they did in the Old Testament. Today, it is the Word of God that's the sword of the Spirit that does the work to drive them away from us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Verse 11 1 Corinthians 5, Paul says, But now I have written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a one, know not to eat. Verse 13, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. You do that putting them away by either saying, I just can't continue with you, I can't be with you at church, or you can speak the word of God given to you, and the sword of the Spirit divides you from them, and they don't want anything to do with you anymore. That happens many times as we go through life. They become offended with us by the word which God has given us that we speak. And they depart from us. But we can't eat the feast of God with the people who are not of God. And Paul tells us, he says, Purge out, therefore, the old leaven that she may be a new lump. You just can't do it. You can't be around people who say they're Christians while they are committing fornication, going to the bars, drinking, chasing women, doing these things. You just can't be around them. You can't be in the church with them. Our own Bible teacher at Word of Faith was doing these things. And I found out about it. And I went to him and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. And he just beat around the bush. And I finally said, are you having sexual intercourse with this girlfriend? And he answered, of course. And that's exactly the way he said it, the tone of voice. There was no sadness, no repentance, no grief. And I said to him, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't come to your Bible class any longer. I can't be around you. I can't keep company with you in any way. And he said, that's right. He didn't care. Well, anyway, it's not a matter of praying for them. It's not a matter of counseling them, as some people want to do. Paul said, put them away from you. You just simply do the word of God. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.